Hello everyone, this is Alex Malou for the IBC Amina podcast. We are just over one month away from AminaCom and I am talking with our special guest, Matt Painter, about reputation. Matt, you are the MD for Corporate Reputation at Ipsos Mori. Before we jump into what you're going to be talking about, can you give us a little bit of background, taster about who you are and what your experiences are? Absolutely. Hi, Alex. Um, hi, everyone. So I've been working in corporate branding and corporate reputation for about 15 years, um, helping to conduct research and advising uh, a number of the world's most admired and respected companies on how they can leverage their reputations to achieve their business objectives. Now, this is going to be the presentation topic for you and Aminacom. You're going to be looking at the reputation drivers um, for corporations and things really which we should be aware of as communicators. You know, they, they really should be guiding us and what we should be focused on. Can you give us a little bit of a taster of your session? Absolutely. So, so one of the things that we believe quite strongly is that reputation doesn't happen in isolation. It's determined by the wider context that businesses operate in and, and some of the big social and political trends that we're seeing um, in the world at the moment with, with the great uncertainty and the flux that we're seeing across the world. So we'll be looking at some of those broader trends uh, and what our research from many of the companies uh, countries around the world and working with some of those companies that I mentioned earlier can tell us about what those trends are and what that means for chief communications officers as they look to build and protect the reputations of their businesses. So a number of these trends would, would differ between parts of the world, between generations increasingly we're seeing, and between types of business. So we'll try to tease out some of those differences and also some of the broader lessons that communicators can, uh, can make use of in their roles. Now, the past 12 months has been a pretty interesting time when it comes to corporate reputations and uh, how corporations are seen by publics. What are you seeing when it comes to a shift in reputation drivers? Or what should corporations really watch out for when it comes to building trust and engaging with different stakeholder groups? That's a really interesting question, Alex. And, and as you say, over the past year, we've seen a lot of a lot of scandals involving corporate reputations, everything from the TSB IT fiasco to the issues that Starbucks have had, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, Cambridge Analytica. So there's lots of examples out there. Um, others, including the big tech companies, we're seeing trends like TechLash, whereas the pub, where the public around the world are, are starting to question some of the precepts that their engagement with technology creates. Um, so some of the trends we're seeing are the need and the imperative for companies to take a stand on big issues. You think about what Nike have been doing on the Colin Kaepernick issue in the US, um, how they took a really strong stand on that in the face of some quite, some quite vocal opposition. Um, and that's, that's led to a lot of conversations in businesses around the kinds of issues they need to or want to take a stand on and the balance of risk and reward in doing so. Um, we're also seeing some some interesting work in, in how companies can build what we might call reputation resilience um, so that their customers and their wider stakeholders are more on their side when they face reputational issues. So these issues then become something much more like turbulence rather than the crisis that is going to bring down the business or destroy their share price or lead to their CEO having to resign. 
We're also seeing some really interesting trends in, in how younger generations, so millennials and Gen Z, are engaging with business um, and the kinds of trust they uh, endow into different types of businesses, different types of influences. So we can look at some of that. And also we'll challenge a few myths. There's a lot of myths out there at the moment that trust in business is broken. Nobody trusts business anymore. Well, actually, when you look into it, that's not the case. So we'll, we'll look at some of the, some of the nuance behind these, between, behind these myths about um, trust in business. How do you see the public um, changing or shifting because of shifting sounds when it comes to politics? Um, are our publics or our audiences expecting more from businesses today than they did maybe a year or two years back? Uh, that's a really, a really good question. Um, and it's quite a complex question. As I say, it all comes down to trust. Who, who do people trust? We're seeing trends around you know, the big fake news agenda. Do people believe what they're seeing anymore? Who's influential? Is it, is it politicians? Is it civil society? Or is it increasingly business? And I think we are seeing business, whether they're having to fill a gap, I don't know. Perhaps we can look into that. But, but they're certainly having to step up in terms of how trustworthy they are. The bar has risen so that people will no longer, no longer accept the kinds of behaviors that, that um, might have, business might have got away with in the past. Now is much more visible. Um, it's much more transparent, and people are much less accepting of that. And they're much quicker to withdraw their custom, to withdraw their support and their trust when things go wrong. So I think the, the broader trends towards uncertainty, fake news, um, transparency through social media, these are, all, these are all trends which are leading towards businesses and communicators having to be much more on the money in terms of who they are, what they stand for, why they exist, um, and what they bring to us as consumers and stakeholders. What does this all mean for communicators? Does this mean that we're going to be more empowered? Does this mean that we're going to be more listened to? How does it change the game for communications? I, I think it means that communicators, uh, it's that balance of risk and opportunity again. I think on the risk side, the stakes are much higher for communicators now. Um, we can't afford to get it wrong in the way that perhaps we might have been protected from in the past a little bit. Um, so communicators are increasingly expected to, you need to avoid cliche, but you, you hear things like need to be the voice, um, the voice of stakeholders on the board, the, the conscience of the company, the kinds of people who can bring these kinds of trends from outside the company into the boardroom and say, hang on, when we're looking at this particular business decision, what does that mean for our reputation? What does that mean for the way people will see us? What does that mean for trust in our business? Um, let's look at that no longer just on commercial risk, but also on forms of non-financial, non-commercial risk around our decision to do something or not to do it. So the stakes are much higher, but that does create an opportunity for communicators to be much more um, engaged at those senior levels in the business much more engaged in those senior level strategic decisions. So I think what we're hearing from our clients and members of our reputation council um, is that, you know, for, for the very best communicators, they're seizing that opportunity. They've got that seat at the top table, if you like, um, and they're able to be that, that voice um, in the CEO's ear that says, hang on a second, let's just think about what this means for our reputation. Let's measure what that means. Uh, and let's include that in our in our analysis of risk and opportunity.
Well, thank you very much for your time today, Matt. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about reputation. And I'm sure this will be a topic which is much talked about and also as well much anticipated given everything that's happening, uh, not just in the developed world, but also as well in emerging markets in places such as the Gulf and also India. So it's been a pleasure to talk to you today, Matt. Uh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for your time. And thank you very much for listening. Do stay tuned for the next podcast in a couple of days. Until then, take care.